Welcome everybody to the Cellcast. Shorts. Hello and welcome to our first episode of uh, the Cellcast Shorts, where. We cover a very short topic in just a quick amount of time because uh, one of us had to be somewhere, namely me, in this instance. Uh, with me tonight is a guy who just, I, this is going to be stupid, but just likes to rate stuff, Jacob! <laughs> well, thank you. And I'd like to introduce our co-host who just likes to pull this obscure knee bird. Welcome, Drew. Okay. <laughs> uh... So in this instance, because I am going to be a miss, I'm going to be away. I think the week this comes out, he's going to be out of town. Well, buddy of mine's getting married. Yay! Asked me to be his groomsman. Unfortunately, that means I have less time to edit. Which, considering how this has gone recently, that's really not much of an excuse. Yeah, <laughs> weddings are fun. Yeah. So uh, that's why we are doing this uh, very sh- uh, this shorts episode, as we're calling them. Short, short, shorts. Essentially, just a short topic where you know we aren't really reviewing anything. We're just talking about giving- a, a, top- a topic in of some import, I guess. Yeah, we're giving your opinion about anything. A list of yes. Consider this our editorial. Yes, to use the professional term. So uh, for this one, we decided we want to talk about our top. Each of our top five favorite animated movies from this century, i.e. from 2000 until now. Yes. Which, personally, I was kind of bummed out because I was like, man, I can't do movies from the 80s or the 90s or oh, something like that. we will get to that eventually. Yeah, eventually. We'll, we'll- I just wanted to make it a little easier. It's like, okay, something, well, you know, like the Joker says... Have, don't you watch anything from this century? Of course, everything we've recorded has been from this century, so True. I don't know why we're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. We'll get something. Eventually, one of... Well, technically, we've got one coming up Yeah, from the first time we tried to record The Incredibles. That is yes. technically from the 90s. So yes. Look for that coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess we want to get started. All right. Uh, question, because we did not talk about this. Who's first? Hmm. Since we got a dice here, you just want to roll for it. Let's roll for it. So, if it's an even number, you want it? Or, actually, you call. Even or odd? Uh, even. Even. Okay. So, if it's an even number, you're first. If it's an odd number, I'm first. Let's roll even. again. <laughs> oh, that's a bear. Let it land straight. <laughs> you're first. Yes. So, what's your number five? What's my number five? Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and do my number one at the same time, <laughs> shall we? Okay. Uh, you go ahead and start. You got it. Wreck-It Ralph was one of those films that, at first glance, I was like, okay, this is going to be okay of a film. Mm-hmm. And then I had people telling me, Jacob, you have to go watch wreck Ralph. And so I did. And my mind was blown. When I first, right. saw, when I first saw this, I instantly thought, okay, this has to be a Pixar film. Because it feels like a Pixar film. Except it's not. Except it's not. Exactly. And so this movie has become one of my one of my absolute favorite Disney films. Mm-hmm. Besides my number one. Uh it's just it's it's got the different feel of be like, okay, it's a video game and you're engaged with 
Ralph, who's the villain, who's the quote unquote villain, mm-hmm. who just the want just for once to be the hero, to where he hasn't spent the last thirty years of his career just smashing buildings and getting tossed from the top of a building. Right. He's he just wants to be a hero, and that's where he gets himself in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it's so much of this a hero's journey. It's yes. a hero's journey of a character who doesn't see himself as anything that, oh, I'm just a bad guy, to an actual hero. Mm-hmm. To he, he, or at least somebody's hero. He's somebody's hero. Be like, where you quote, to quote the film, if I can. Just because you are a bad guy doesn't mean you are a bad guy. guy. Yes, <laughs> as the quote Sangeet. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, just this was a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. I love it to death. I probably watch it once once every year, maybe twice a year. Yeah. Because it's so compelling. It's so compelling. It sucks you in mm-hmm. and it just doesn't let go into the very end. Cool. Uh, since it is my number one, okay. I'm going to go ahead and at least. Describe my feelings on this movie, too. Because why okay. come back later? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this movie, I'm in, I'm convinced, was made for me. Okay. Uh, because it's a love letter to pretty much one of my hobbies. It's always been video games. Love okay. video games to death. Yes. Most of the characters in that movie, I knew who they were before I went in. Mm-hmm. Even if they were from games I didn't play. Yeah. And for the most part, that by itself would have just been fun. Okay, it's like, okay, this is a cool Disney movie. It's Toy Story, but with video games. Yeah. Except, what puts it over the top for me is the fact that not only are different parts of that movie taken straight from video game lore mm-hmm. and logic and way of the way people think of things. Yes. It's actually structured. The story itself is structured like a video game. I don't want to get too far into this, because obviously we're going to talk about this movie in a full review at some yes. point. But... Each portion of that movie is like a level. He fights the final boss in four different forms. True. Not to spoil anything, but the first form is when uh, she fights uh, King Candy. Mm-hmm. In, uh, she's th- th- during that race. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he gets eaten by the the bug. Cybug. Yeah, the Cybug. So he comes back as 2.0. 2.0, which is uh, you know the big. Monstrous, evil Willy, Won- evil Willy Wonka looking guy. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's just—I just remember watching, it going, "Holy crap! That's not even my final form." <laughs> uh, but I just love that movie to death. It's just so much. I it's just so much fun, and it follows the tropes perfectly. I can't say enough about that movie. In fact, I'm doing my best not to go overload it right now. Gotcha. So I guess it's time for uh, my number five. Go for it. My list, for the most part, I chose. I tried to choose movies that were not just good movies, not, not just uh, movies I'll enjoy, but stuff that was be objectively good movies, stuff that would have reviewed well. You know, stuff that you know honestly makes makes me look good as a as a reviewer of sorts. Okay, <laughs> can't say that for my number five. <laughs> okay, because the num- my number five is on there solely. Because I really like the movie, despite the fact that it's that it has obvious problems. I mean, it what did bomb at the box office for crying out loud? Okay, it took the production company that made it down. 
and the parent company merged has since merged with another company just to stay afloat. Oh, not, not because of this movie in particular, but yeah. it didn't help. Mm-hmm. That movie is also one of the strangest video game adaptations of all time. Okay, have you guessed what it is yet? No, enlighten me. Final Fantasy: The Spirits, Spirits Within. within. <laughs> okay, that was a that was definitely a, out of left field. Yeah, it's a movie I love. For no good reason. I mean, for one thing, as a Final Fantasy nerd, I should hate it because there's literally nothing that connects it to Final Fantasy, except there's a character named Sid, whose name is spelled wrong. Yeah. There is, quote-unquote, chocobo graffiti in the New York City thing at the beginning. If you're looking for it, you'll see it. Right. And there are monsters everywhere. And to some degree, it does follow the basic plot line as to why the monsters show up in Final Fantasy VII. That's pretty much all it has to do with Final Fantasy. Other than that, it's just a good movie. But it, it was one of the first uh, CG movies that tried to be realistic. Yeah. Which might be the problem. Because uh, even admittedly, when I was first reading about this movie, it was the first time I'd ever come across the term Uncanny Valley. Okay. Which, if you don't know what that is, essentially is the creepiness factor when it's realistic, just not realistic enough. It's just far enough that there's just too many small things that just creep people out. And of course, that's a subjective thing, or how yeah. much it does. But this was the first time I'd ever run into that. It didn't. I didn't have that issue, but I, I could see how some people would. But the thing is, it's just such a fun movie. Yeah, it's it's an enjoyable. It's one I'm going to bring up on this podcast eventually. Yeah, I'm just very much well aware I might be one of the few people who actually thinks it's good. So for my number four, I chose. Batman Beyond, The Return of the Joker. Nice. Yeah, this movie, ever since it was a a direct-to-video movie Mm -hmm. about basically the TV show Batman Beyond and how they tie in the Joker into Mm -hmm. the series. And it is so dark, brooding, menacing. To me, it's probably the best encapsulation of Mark Hamill's portrayal as the Joker to date. Mm-hmm. Even though Mark Hamill has said, gone on record, be like, I didn't like playing this Joker. His performance in this film was uncanny. It was so perfect. Mm-hmm. And so, be like, it. if you're not familiar with Batman Beyond, be like, it ties in with Batman the Animated Series, all its... Well, it's one... Batman Beyond is one of those few things... Oh, I say one of those few... It was one of the things that the comic books literally took from the animated stuff and made canon, yes. essentially. Yes. Much like Harley Quinn and uh, Mr. Freeze's backstory. Yes. Yeah, this movie just, when it came to DVD and I heard about it, I was like, I've got to check this out. Mm-hmm. And so the version which came out, which was the edited version and the unedited version. Right. Because they couldn't show part of that on television. Oh, no. And no. I remember watching... I've not watched the movie all the way through simply because it's never... i never, never had a chance to. I've seen that scene. It's like, what are you doing? Yes! It's like, okay. That's one way to do that. Yes. Yeah, without going into spoilers, there's an event in the story... Where it's like, okay, what happened to the Joker in the original Batman series? We find out. Mm-hmm. 
the performance, the original cast. Oh man, mm-hmm. just it was beautiful. It's a beautiful film. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Track it down. Watch the unrated version. If it's you have kids in the room, tell them to leave. Tell them to leave, or you know, turn on the 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 kid breeding version of this movie. So go watch this film. It's amazing. We will do a review over at some point. Okay. Watch so yours. for my number four, I have to say that when I was doing research for this list, okay, I was extremely happy to see that this movie just barely. <laughs> Is on this side of the line. Ah. Because this is a movie I really love, yet I never hear anyone talk about it for some reason. Okay. It is made by Ardman Productions. You know, the people who made Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. It was the first time they had ever done a theatrical movie. Okay. Especially one that went international. I am talking about Chicken Run. Chicken Run? Chicken Run. <laughs> okay. Have you seen this movie? No, I have not. Okay. So, it takes place on a British chicken farm where, you know, the chickens lay eggs. Yeah. The farmer comes out, picks the eggs. When the farm, when the chicken quits laying eggs or is not laying enough eggs to be worth keeping around, chicken becomes dinner. Ah. And they don't do, and they pretty much let you know that's what's happening. They don't actually show the chicken's head getting cut off, but you see the uh, axe kind of weighing over at the camera shifts, and you hear a thunk. And then you see the family sitting down to chicken dinner. (laughs) So, chickens go on escape, right? Okay. They've tried going around the fence, and they've tried going under the fence. They've been caught every single time. Hmm. So what's left? Going over. The fence. Well, that's the thing. Chickens can't fly. No. But a rooster falling from a plane sure looks like it. Especially when he's voiced by... Mel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, And most of this movie is about Mel Gibson's uh, character, Rocky. Mm -hmm. Tricking these these chickens into saying, oh yeah, I can teach you how to fly. Uh, and they pamper him to death the entire time. He's a while, con artist. While the other, while the chicken who's trying to get them out of there is pretty much convinced, okay, yeah, this guy's a charlatan. Mm-hmm. But eventually, they well, not not to spoil anything, but egg laying becomes very not worth it, and they decide, well, this is a chicken farm. What else are chickens good for? Okay, then chicken pot pie. <laughs> so they anyway, it's a fun movie. I highly su- it, highly suggest it. It is going to go on the list at some point once I find a copy because my DVD has up and disappeared. Oh, those so are. So I've got to I've got to find another copy of it somewhere. And plus, at the rate my rolls have been going, who knows <laughs> when I'll get another movie? True. So, yeah, that was my number four. All right, my number three is it technically cheating. I don't think so because you're tying everything. If it's a series of movies, like these three are. So you're saying it's a franchise? It's a franchise. Okay. How to Train Your Dragon. We just talked about that, but admittedly, I can understand why you'd bring this up. Yes. With, you know, Dragon 1, which, again, there again, we've already done a review over it. And if you want to hear us go into depth about the film, go listen to our, go listen to the, the podcast. Yes, it is episode 4. Yes. How to Train Your Dragon 2, steps up a notch. Mm-hmm. Story... 
character, depth, emotion. Yeah. And just the, they, they're again, not going into spoilers, but they wind up doing something you didn't expect. That's putting it mildly. That is putting it mildly. They, they do something you don't expect. They, they throw curveballs at you left and right and center with this film. Mm-hmm. And it's like ties up a nice bow with the third one, which I was happily, I was very happily impressed with this film. I it's, am looking forward to seeing it. I still haven't gotten a chance to yeah, go yet. It's currently in theaters, so I really can't go into detail. Mm-hmm. Just to say the movie. And I appreciate not being spoiled as well. Yes. <laughs> the movie made me weep. I cried. I'm not ashamed to say it. I wept during the film. Okay. And it, it ties the series up in a nice little bow, in which I hope and pray DreamWorks lets it rest. Rest. And not do another six sequels. <laughs> At least for a couple years. Yeah. Or never. Just leave it alone. Just good, leave it alone. Well, good Let, luck with that. Yes. Yeah. We already know how they're uh, dealing with the other series, other other movies franchise that need uh, to rest. And they yes. are bringing that back. So. Yes. All right. My number three is also by DreamWorks. Oh, okay. It stars Angelina Jolie, Dustin Hoffman, Seth Rogen, Lucy Liu, Jackie Chan, Gary Oldman, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and of course, Jack Black. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. I am, of course, talking specifically about Kung Fu Panda 2, though, honestly, all three movies do need to be watched, in my opinion. What I love about this movie is, in many cases, this should be just a stupid animal that happens to do karate movie. Yeah. Should be stupid and not really worth time. In fact, considering that previously you had the first Shrek movie, which was okay, and the, and the, I'm not going to say it's bad, but yeah. but then you had Madagascar, which is the only other one they had with animals. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is stupid. And then all of a sudden, holy crap, Kung Fu Panda 1 comes out and I'm going, this is fun. This is good. This is actually a very well done movie. Yeah. Good job, guys. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about it until Kung Fu Panda 2 came out. And I go, okay, I love the first movie. I go to this one. <laughs> <laughs> holy crap. They outdid themselves. Yes. Have you, have you seen the movie yet? Yes, I saw it. It okay. is a fantastic movie. I still cannot believe that the uh, the the crane emperor that yeah. comes back after he was exiled. Oh, yeah. That's Gary Oldman. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound a thing like Gary Oldman, huh? but it's Gary Oldman. <laughs> it is such a fun movie. It takes what I kind of like about Asian... Uh, Martial arts stuff like Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. uh, and other things. Dragon Ball is just the first thing online because I'm still watching that show. Yeah, uh, and just does okay. We're just going to play this straight, and we're going to have a panda bear using karate somehow stop a cannonball <laughs> and then throw it back. <laughs> and I and you're sitting there watching. Jack Black, mm-hmm. why don't you do more stuff like this? Because this is good. Mostly yeah. your stuff is stupid. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, Kung Fu, I chose Kung Fu Panda 2 because it is, in my opinion, the best of the three. Yeah. But it is still one of my favorite 
franchises. Yeah. All right. My number two, I saw in theaters in 2002. Mm-hmm. This film, now granted, be like for most people, the early 2000s when it comes to Disney was known as the Second Dark Ages. Okay. I have this a bad feeling we chose the same thing again. <laughs> this this movie this movie came out and was just the bombastic, insane. The trailers themselves were just oh we're gonna lampoon all the classics and have our little main character ruin everything. This is not the movie I was thinking <laughs> okay. of. But go ahead. <laughs> yes, the movie I'm referring to is Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. Lilo and Stitch was, when I saw it in theaters, it was, oh my gosh, this is a Disney? Yeah. This this thing was just, okay, you have this little blue alien, is all his design is destruction and mayhem. Mm-hmm. And he does it very well. Yeah. And oddly enough, when we finally get around to doing this review, which we will do a review on the Yes, I agree with that. Will we do reviews on the other two movies? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah, this movie, just, I love this movie to death. The the character who, his whole purpose in life is to destroy. And when he runs into this little family and starts to learn, be like, what is family? What is love? That they're, again, you know, using the line, of, like, Ohana means family. Just, it touched, it, it hit a chord with me. Mm-hmm. That this little alien, who's designed for this purpose, could be transformed into something else. Mm-hmm. And totally change the life of this little girl who lost everything. Mm-hmm. And be so... Okay. Also, my number two is also from... Uh, they weren't intentionally... Uh, their advertising campaign did not, ha- did not do, as you said, where they make fun of all the other... Disney movies. Yeah. However, it did feature a llama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go. My number two is the Emp- is Emperor's New Groove. Okay. <laughs> the first time I watched this movie, I was in a room with about 15 other theater students in a hotel room in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I'd never heard of this movie. Mm-hmm. I'd just been told, oh yeah, it's a great Disney movie. They only have one song. And I'm thinking... Isn't that the point of Disney movies? You have great soundtracks? It's like, oh, they only wrote one song for it, but honestly, most of the time those soundtracks are bad. I'm thinking, where did you come from? from? Is the only Disney movie you ever watched Tarzan? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's got a fairly good soundtrack. Except no one's singing it but the person they hired to write it. Yes. That's my I, problem. Yeah, with okay, I get you, I get you. But it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. The entire—I mean, I didn't know what I was getting into when I was when I, when I first heard about it. Yeah, I'm going in there and watching it. It's like you can tell they had a lot of fun making it, mm-hmm. despite the fact that when you read what happened, they realize, oh, they just barely got this movie out. <laughs> um, it's just so much of a fun movie. Yeah, it's one of Disney's best, in my opinion. It's one I think everyone should watch, if for no other reason than to see Patrick Warburton's character having fun <laughs> on screen. True, that was one of the best parts of the film. Yes, so that's my number two. Okay, my number one, and if anybody knows me, has any talked to me in the last couple of months, probably knows what my number one is. 
That would be Tangled. Yeah, Tangled. I can see that. Yeah, Tangled was just one of these amazing films that kind of brought me back into animation. Mm-hmm. Like I like on a review we did on the second episode. Go back and listen to that. Yeah, go back and listen to that great episode. This movie just hit me in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Where this movie hit me in so many areas of my life. This movie hit me in so many different directions of character, plot, mm-hmm. villain. Like we said in our review, Mother Gothel is probably the best Disney villain. Yeah. To my opinion. The reverse, the, how they reverse everything to where it's not a prince, it's a thief. And it's a princess who doesn't know she's a princess. And, and yet, by nature, she acts like a princess. Yes. Just And this movie just, it got the feels for me so tightly. Uh, yeah, I love this film to death. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what someone says, it'd be like, it's going to be, it's number one, unless something comes around and tries to top it, which I highly doubt something. It, there might be a possibility something, something might tip the scales at some point. Mm-hmm. But for right now, Tangled is my number one. Okay. I would talk about my number one, but we already talked about yes, my number one. Yes, we did. <laughs> because my number one was Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going to wreck it. So uh, that's going to bring us to the end of this very short episode. Uh, you can, of course, find us on iTunes. That's what it's called. Apple. You can find us on Apple on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, is it Google Play Music? Or the Google Play Store. Anyway, yeah, Google Play, Google Play. Uh, you can follow. You can uh, join our uh, community, our our, uh, our Facebook group. Uh, just search for the Cellcast. That's with one L, of course. And uh, of course, email us at the Cellcast at g- cellcastpodcast at gmail And you can then find me on Facebook at just search for Drew Dodge, and I'm sure you'll find me. And that's pretty much all I've got right now because I've been. So busy with our podcast, I've not had a chance to work on any of my side projects. But that will come around as we get better at this. Understood. Also, you can find me at Jacob B. Heron on Facebook. And also, you can also find me on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. So, uh, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. I'll catch you next time. Like, soaks, man. It's like, get a six-foot and get out of here, man. Right. <laughs>